This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And as promised, we are back another night in a row to do a podcast up next is wide receivers because we're evaluating our positions for Arizona football. Fall camp starts soon, next Wednesday on Jason's birthday, yep, yep. August 2nd. So um, we just got done having a little birthday bash for your mother at our house, and we couldn't get everyone to leave. So it feels like we're so listen, the party's over. It's wide receiver time. <laughs> Everybody get now. Have you ever seen those memes or reels or whatever, or like decorations where it's like, everyone, please leave at nine? Like, that's what we need to start putting up when we have uh, get togethers. But anyway, we had a lovely night. Happy birthday, Tina Shear. Now we're going to talk about wide receivers. Um, where does this wide receiver unit rank? Overall, in the Pac-12, in your opinion. I'm glad you asked, Shelby. You see, uh, I, I think that you could very well make a case for it being the best. Numero uno. Um, it would probably be a little homerish, though. The best is probably Washington. Uh, Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan are a very good combo. Jalen Polk is solid. Um, they have decent depth as well. I think most people would say that Washington is the best when you look at the numbers that a guy like McMillan put up and, uh, and all that. I, I think it makes sense. The argument would probably start at second, assuming that you think Washington's the best, and that would be between uh, probably USC and Arizona. USC has Brendan Rice, Dorian Singer, and Mario Williams. And then I think they're the, they have better depth, in my opinion, than Washington. They may not have the top three quality. Um, Michael Jackson, the third, not no relation, <laughs> Zachariah Branch and uh, Taj Washington as well. Um, you know, I, 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 with all that being said, Shelby, uh, I'm not sure that I would like be dying to take one of those teams wide receivers over Arizona's. You know, why is that, Jason? Glad you asked, Shelby. Uh, Jacob Cowing to me is as good as any receiver in the country statistically and all that. I, I just think when you put up his numbers. Um, against most wide receivers in the country, they're right there. Uh, Tatori McMillan, I think he's going to take a jump. He was a freshman last season. It's only natural in terms of pure ability. I'd put up, you know, his pure natural born ability against pretty much anyone. And then the question with Arizona would be that third wide receiver, which is my boy Montana Lamonius Craig. Um, you know, he didn't play without a quarterback, basically, at Colorado. Colorado had no offense, no quarterback, no offensive system, none of it. Um, the spring game, I know you can't read too much in the spring game, but he finally plays with the quarterback, Kachibar Sanders, and he puts up ridiculous numbers, enters the portal the next day, and winds up at Arizona. Um, I, You know, I think at worst, you're talking third. At best, you're one. 
I, I won't be too much of a homer, and, and I would say that Arizona has the second-best wide receiving unit in the conference. And, and really, I think, you know, we talk about depth, but, like, Jed Fish doesn't use a lot of wide receiver depth. It's actually something I'd like to see them use more of. I like guys like Kevin Green and all that, um, but Arizona just doesn't really use them. So, ideally, you see Arizona use more of those guys at wide receiver, and I think people would recognize and respect Arizona's depth at the position a little bit more. Wow. I'm really trying hard to pay attention, uh, but I am watching, as Jason's talking, the FIFA Women's World Cup, Italy versus Argentina, and Italy just scored and then just had a terribly dirty play Which against Shelby Argentina. doesn't amazing. realize as she watches this I know. It's already it's, happened. It's old. it's old, but I'm watching it now because I worked all day. Anyway, um, okay, so basically we need to tell Jed to use his wide receiver depth more efficiently or more in general? Yes. Okay. We'll make sure we do that later. Um, so what do you make of the addition of Montana Lemonius Craig? Yeah. It would be really cool if he had someone else on the team named Orangerius. Wow. Okay, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. And you're grounded. All right. Then... So I was actually a little bit surprised by this. And, and the reason is I thought that Arizona was ready to kind of hand the reins in the slot receiver to Kevin Green Jr. And the more I asked around, the more I dug into it, Kevin Green Jr. just wasn't consistent enough in practice for the coaching staff to say to themselves, you know what, this is the dude. And when you look at the size of Montana Lemonius Craig, uh, he is a large man, Chubby. He is a legit, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 200-some-odd pounds. He is a, a big dude. And so when you look at him and you say, okay, Dorian Singer left. So if Dorian Singer leaves, right, we move Cowing, you know, to the outside and we put Kevin Green in the slot, is that enough to make up for the loss of Dorian Singer's numbers in his production? And it felt like Arizona basically had a discussion about that and said, no, it's not. And so the move in the spring was to have Cowing on the outside and Kevin Green in the slot, and the coaches evaluated it and basically came to the decision that it wasn't good enough. And now Cowing is going to move back to the slot where he was one of the best slot guys in the country, if not the best, and Montana Lemonius Craig is going to take over Dorian Singer's role. Arizona strongly believes that a lot of its offensive production is based on a very advanced, solid offensive system. And I'm not saying that system quarterback, you hear all that and stuff. What I'm saying is if you take Lemonius Craig from Colorado system, he's not going to do much. If you put him in a pass-happy Arizona offensive system where clearly wide receivers do well, those numbers are going to be there. And so they're confident that Lemonius Craig would have had bigger numbers than Kevin Green. And, and it's hard for me to disagree with that. And we know what Jacob Cowan can do in the slot. And we know that T-Mac is probably going to make a jump. So I think overall, you look at that, and, and I like the addition. I'm, I'm one of the guy. I'm of the belief that when you have a team that hasn't made a bowl game, or even any team for that instance, especially a team in Arizona's position, any time you can add talent to a roster, you better add talent to the roster, right? Like, it's not, oh, this guy's too talented. Gotta load it up. This guy's too talented. We're not going to add a super talented player. We, we have enough talent. Look, Arizona hasn't been a bowl game in how many years, right? And so if you can add a guy with the quality of Lemonius Craig, you go out and do it. And, and I like it. I don't think there's a downside. What's the downside? The downside is, is 
he's not very good. You go back to how it was in the spring. Do I think that's going to come true? No, I, I think he's going to have by far uh, the best season of his, his college career. By the way, best bowl game we ever went to was the 2008 uh game against BYU. Vegas. The Vegas Bowl. Like, yeah. David Hasselhoff sang the we national anthem. I was pregnant with Aurora. It was cold. It was freezing. All the Arizona fans were drinking. The BYU fans Shelby were was not. Drinking. I was I mean, not drinking. The baby was drinking. And it was, <laughs> it was so. And the one thing we didn't plan for, we, we were warm. You know, we had good jackets. We were, you know, planned for it. But our, we didn't wear good socks. And our feet were just absolutely frozen. But Arizona won that game, and it was probably one of my favorite moments as a fan. So we really need to go back to a bowl, if not the Vegas Bowl, because it was super fun. I think they have a new stadium now. Yeah, they do. It's not out in the middle of the desert anymore. No. Oh, good. Okay, well, let's do that. Um, (laughs) How big of a jump do you expect T-Mac to be making? God, these questions, Shelby. Just... It's like I am so good at writing questions. So T-Mac last season finished with 39 catches for 702 yards and eight touchdowns. That's pretty wild for a freshman. Um, and, and the thing is, when you look at it, there are some games where, you know, not many, but like one catch against North Dakota State. One catch, it was a touchdown, but one catch against UCLA. Um, you know, his numbers were outstanding against Oregon. He had five catches and a touchdown. 48 yards, but then he had like Washington. He killed them while it was good against Washington state um, and all that. Didn't get a catch against ASU. It's, you know, he, he had opportunities to put up bigger numbers to me. I think he's going to push a thousand yards. I I think his touchdown number should be closer to 10 uh, than eight. And, and the reason I said, now it's probably gonna be nine. I realize it's probably one away from both, but you know, math. Um, The reason I say this, because I again, I don't expect Lamonius Craig to come in and, and match Dorian Singer's numbers. I think that's wild, right? Dorian Singer put up 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. Where I do think will happen where, you know, Lamonius Craig puts up 500 yards, 600 yards, 700 yards, and T-Mac goes up to 1,000. I think that is very possible. I absolutely expect T-Mac to be a 1,000-yard guy. He looks bigger. He looks stronger. He looks faster. I mean, in in you know, he's not a freshman. I, I think people forget sometimes last season that, you know, he, he was a freshman. Like, there's things to learn that have to be learned. And, and you know, I think T-Mac learned a lot. Um, you know, there was a part early in the season where, like, you got to remember, T-Mac in high school, no one was guarding him. It wasn't happening. He was, he, it was basically, I'm bigger, stronger, faster than you, and I'm just going to get, you know, by on that. College, most of the time, you can't just get by off, you know, your physical build and talent and all that. And, and you know, against Mississippi State, he was good. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it, the, they would jam him at the line or whatever. They would double-team him, and um, that's going to continue to happen. And, and I think that he's more equipped to deal with that. So I expect a jump. I expect him to, to hit the national radar and for more people to know his name. I, I think that he was underrated um, going into the season. Look, Pac-12 has a lot of good receivers. I, I fully recognize that, but I think he's – going to make a name for himself, reach 1,000 yards, reach 10 touchdowns, and kind of emerge as one of the better guys nationally that, that people know of. He's so tall. And then what's his vertical jump height? Like, he's, he well, gets really clip, high. Well, there's that if you haven't seen it, I posted and tweeted about it, uh, of him playing basketball. Yeah. And, like, he's also one of these kids, very similar to, like, you know, like Chase Budinger could have never played basketball and been a professional volleyball player. 
T-Mac's probably the same way. Like, he could have never played football and still had a professional volleyball career and done really well. You kind of have to, you know, stay in your lane, but that doesn't mean you're not super athletic and you are probably better than 80% of, like, the high school, college kids out there. But you got to, you know, be the master of one. Wow. I'm not saying that in a bad way. The master of one. Yeah. That's my nickname. Pick pick your thing. That's my first single of my new album. <laughs> Everything's always a good album. Okay. Master. Um, master of one. <laughs> master. Oh, wow. Master. We're really into this podcast right now. Um, okay. Well, is Jacob Cowing almost underappreciated master. national? Let me say uh, that again. No, you were singing. Master. Is Jacob Cowing almost underappreciated nationally? I don't think there's an almost. I think he is, Shelby. Thank you. There you go. Uh, look, this is a guy that put up 85 catches, over 1,000 yards, and seven touchdowns. And I think the issue with, with Cowing was that he was so consistent, you almost – you became accustomed to what he was doing. So when he had a major game, you're like, oh, okay, that's just what he does. You know, San Diego State, I still remember that game. First game, you're like, yeah, he's good at Utah. Eight catches, 152 yards, and three touchdowns. And then he proceeds, and, and here's kind of where the issue comes in, at least with him last year. So he had three touchdowns against San Diego State. Mississippi State, the next game, he scores. Then he scores again the next game. Then he scores again the next game. Then Shelby, he scores again the next game. Yeah, he had five straight games with a touchdown, okay? The issue is that he didn't score again the rest of the season. His last touchdown was October 1st. Now, he still had very good games. Washington, 94 yards, 80 against USC. The UCLA game, he had 118 yards. Um, but for whatever reason, his targets, I don't want to say they diminished, but he, he wasn't able to find his way into the end zone as, as much as he clearly was in the first five games. So I think that kind of leads to it. If he could have reached that 10 touchdown range, I think he'll be more appreciative you know, nationally. But he's a guy where I think Arizona fans, I mean, look, this is a guy that he moved to the outside in the spring because Jed Fish and company had told him they felt that was the better path to the NFL, helping whatever. Now he's going to probably move back to the slot with no complaints, right? And, and, that's, and he's a really good kid. He didn't have to come back. I, mean, I don't know if he would have been drafted, but um, he comes back to Arizona you know, and, and he's on the NFL radar a bit. He's not a high pick, but maybe he's a second day, whatever pick, um, you know, fifth, sixth rounder, whatever it may be. But he's the guy where I think his numbers will go up a little bit as well. But 85 catches. I mean, that that is a lot of catches. He had, Shelby, no game the entire season we had less than five catches. His worst game statistically was five for 29 against Utah. And so... Arizona could always count on Jacob Cowing. And I think that's something where he's underappreciated, where maybe he's not making these remarkable jumping, leaping, you know, highlight plays, but then all of a sudden you look at his numbers and, and they're, they're really good. Sneaky. So. Sneaky, yeah. You know what that sounds like to me? No, Shelby, what? It sounds like Desert Fury. Oh my God. Um, I'm still not sure how I feel about this slogan this year Desert Fury. I'll like, tell you how you feel. I mean,. Not I guess pop. it's I guess it's very uh, inspirational. You're inspirational, Shelby. I don't know. You're inspirational. Whatever. Um, one master. Master of one. <laughs> master of one. 
Uh, is there a wide receiver that can emerge beyond the starters? If I played the Metallica song. I was uh, totally thinking it sounds like a Matt. It sounds I, like a Metallica song. Would I go to jail? Like, how does that work? Well, I mean, that Lars guy might sue you because he sued Napster. Yeah, Napster. Jeez. Oh, my God. So, I mean, obviously, the obvious, obviously, the obvious answer is Kevin Green. Um, you know, he's probably the guy in the slot. But the, the issue is, like, he's not playing over cowing. So your hope is basically whoever, someone maybe gets in behind Lemonius Craig. Uh, you know, Malachi Riley is a guy that I think is going to be really good. I don't know if it'll happen freshman year, but I think he's a stud. A.J. Jones was a bit inconsistent during the spring, but I like him. Devin Hyatt had times as well. But, you know, Kevin Green is probably the answer to that question where maybe he's able to find some snaps in there. But, again, the, I think the biggest storyline – Shelby surrounding the wide receivers as if Jed is willing to play more wide receivers. But it's difficult. Like, are you taking T-Mac off the field? No. Are you taking Cowing off the field? No. So then where does the other receiver go? Are they going to move Kevin Green and let him work on the outside more? Or is that going to be A.J. Jones and Malachi Riley? That, to me, is, is probably the biggest storyline surrounding the, uh, the wide receivers. Wow. Well, Desert Fury indeed. Master. Fury master. <laughs> Um, what is the next podcast that we are doing tomorrow? Tight ends and offensive line. Yes. Okay. Whoa. It's the best day of the year. Oh my god, he doesn't sneeze like that every time. Yeah. Should I cut that out? Well, no. At this point, who cares? Okay. (laughs) All right. Bear down. Bear down. Shelby and I just fought for four minutes over whether or not to delete the sneezing. I thought it was really funny because people can hear how loud and obnoxious you are. They think you're they think you're this like sports journalist god and they're so nervous to come up and talk to you in public. He is a normal person and he is loud and ridiculous just like all husbands are. This is probably the meanest podcast we've ever Oh please, you're fine.